Hello, everyone, and welcome to the last ever episode of The Canadian Story. I'm here with our co-host and sometimes only host when I was too busy, Zach Gerber. <laughs> Zach, how are you? <laughs> hey, brother, I'm doing just fine. Doing just fine. It's uh, It's been a an extremely warm February thus far. Um, it's like six degrees. Oh, has it out there? It's been six, it's six degrees above zero right now at my house. And so I'm enjoying that. The windows are open. It's great. Six <laughs> degrees. We, we actually had a, a Chinook here in Calgary. We were up to 13 degrees in uh, late January, early February. So oh my goodness. yay global warming, I guess. <laughs> I guess so. I guess, you know, it's, it's, uh, there's a, there's a silver lining to everything, I guess. You gotta, you gotta look on the bright side of life. Don't you think? Yes, sir. Yes, so, sir. Zach, tell me, what have you been up to and what happened to the Canadian story from your perspective? And then I'll share mine. And then I think we should talk about our, our futures and what we're planning next. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I don't even... So, when did we stop publishing the Canadian story? It was quite a while ago. I'm just going to open this it up It was now. like <laughs> late 2023. Like It was like in the f- late summer, I think. Okay, so... It was after I got married. Yeah, so basically what happened, I think for the both of us, but I'll let you speak for me, but um, we, I mean, I got incredibly busy. I think you got incredibly busy and we found ourselves in a position where ne- neither of us really had the time. We felt like we needed to dedicate to it to do it the justice that it deserved. And um, it was never a premeditated conversation between the two of us, but we kind of just stopped doing it and both understood why we were not doing it, at least from my perspective. Um, and yeah, I think I think also, uh, I mean, for both of us, and I'd like your thoughts on this, we were really struggling with the idea of having a podcast about how much we loved Canada when our perhaps our love for the nation of Canada, not the geography or the people of Canada, but the nation state itself and many of our fellow citizens, that love was waning because of how we've been treated. Well, what's interesting about the project of the Canadian story is um, you alluded to, to something important. We started that as, and we've talked about this on the podcast before, but we originally started that project because we felt like Canada had a branding problem. We, and this was, this stemmed from a conversation you and I were having just candidly one time. We, we love, we both, uh, at the very least at the time, both deeply loved Canada. Um, and we felt like it had so much more to offer than what it was given credit for. And the, the running joke was, well, you know, we have hockey and that's pretty cool and beavers and I guess maple syrup's nice, but there's not a whole lot else going <laughs> and really, on, right? It, yeah. I mean, that's what we were trying to discover, right? We were trying to like get other people to tell us, I mean, I think we did 150 episodes, didn't we? I can at check least. That, I can check that really quick. Let me yeah, just but I, we did a lot of episodes. We talked to a lot of people about Canada and why they loved Canada. And I think we got a pretty good sense of, of the things that made people appreciate living in a place like Canada. But I think systematically uh, what was happening to us throughout that whole process is we ourselves were falling out of love with the idea of Canada and we were certainly traumatized, I would say, by our government's 
flagrant disregard for human rights. Yeah, so um, 191 because that's important. We did we published oh, 191 wow. episodes. That's insane. That is 191 insane. episodes, and uh, I guess technically this will be 192 because this is going to go on the Canadian story. Um, but yes, that's what happened. So it's it's kind of funny that we started a podcast about why Canada is so amazing. And then really within two years had our opinions of the country greatly, greatly changed for the worse. It like the, the irony is perfect here. No, here, it's, it's here almost two, unbearable. Here almost are two, unbearable. here are two young gentlemen just wanting to discover what is amazing about their nation because they know their nation is amazing and they exit that experiment feeling like their nation has let them down and feeling uh, disillusioned toward the country that they grew up in. Isn't that funny? <laughs> well, it's sad, really. It's sad. But so, I think one of the things that really uh, impacted me on that journey was a nation is actually not the ideas that we have of what a nation is. A nation is much more, at least in my opinion, the people who make up that nation and and the ideas that bond them together and very much less the government. And I think the the convoy and we did a lot of episodes around the convoy and had some of the big names f from the convoy and the resistance, let's call it, or, you know, those who say no. There's a lot of names. We freedom fighters, they often call themselves. We had a lot of those people on that podcast. And I think we did have a lot of pride towards those people who are standing up, but we realized a government and a, and a nation state, those are not the things that you can be proud of because they're just a group of people. Yeah. Yeah. And as far as a country is concerned, they're a very small percent of the, of the makeup of the people of that country. Um, and so I guess to wrap up the Canadian story chapter of this, this idea and what we're doing here, we set out to love the country and found that we, in many ways, didn't. And um, between between um, the the feeling of confusion and abandonment toward the country, and uh, just on a personal level, our our work schedules, um, we stopped. Obviously, as I'm sure our lovely listeners have noticed, publishing episodes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure they have. I'm sure they have. Um, so you might ask yourself, if you're listening to this, why we are talking to you about why we stopped. So um, I want to throw that over to David and have David kind of announce and talk about what we're doing next. All right. But before I do that, Zach, I think we need to give a, a proper eulogy, let's say, to the, to the Canadian story and say that I think we both very much enjoyed the journey we went on with all of you listeners. And I know it wasn't, you know, tens of thousands. It was only thousands of you that were listening to us during that time. And probably in the future, there will be more people listening. But I think, at least in my heart, the Canadian story has an incredibly special place because it was the place where I learned to talk about what matters to regular people because we were just talking to people. And some of them, of course, were extraordinary because, I mean, kind of the thesis of the Canadian story was there actually are no ordinary people, that everybody's extraordinary and they all have different ways of looking at and loving something together. And the thing we were all trying to love together was Canada. 
And I just, I really appreciate that journey. I appreciate the people, many, many interviews, people gave us hours of their time to just talk about this place. So I'm very grateful for that. I'd like to hear kind of your, I don't know, eulogy, reflection on uh, those 191 episodes. I, at the at the time of setting out on that project, had no idea how much I personally would benefit from having all of those conversations. Um, the it it felt almost like cheating because I guess if if you give it, it's a funny thing if you if you afford a platform to someone and say hey we want to talk about your experience and what you know they'll just teach you things for free. <laughs> I know, for free, for free. <laughs> um, and like, I cannot even put into words the um, how much it benefited me listening to all of those people speak and to learn from their expertise about things that I had sometimes no previous experience with. Um, and even just the exercise of having to carry on 191 conversations for about 60 minutes, um, that in and of itself, um, I I believe made me a better speaker and a better listener and more interested in people in general. And those were all things that I wasn't anticipating taking away from the project. I thought I I thought I was going to come at that project and and just try to cheer on a country, and it turns off. It, it turns out that. Um, it was really, in in many ways, I who benefited from it, and uh, it's uh, it's it was something that wasn't anticipated, and something that I'm very thankful for. And um, yeah, I guess that's that would be what I have to say about it. I like that, and uh, I couldn't agree more. I think there's that old uh, trite old saying, you know. I think it's I don't know who it's attributed to, but there's a, a man who's asked. I think it's a Buddhist monk is asked how do I change the world? And he says, you can't change the world. And then they say, well, how do I change my country? And uh, they say, well, you can't change your country. And then he says, well, how do I at least change my city? And they say, you can't change your city. I say, well, how do I at least change my family? Like, can I not at least change my family? And they say, you can't change your family. And then it finally gets to the the final conclusion, which is, well, how do I change myself? And the answer is, you can change yourself. And I think that's what the Canadian story taught me, is that we are stuck in patterns often, and often we live there and, and we see the world a certain way, but if you talk to enough people and you gather enough information, you realize that reality is not the construct you've created in your own head, it's much more vivid and adventurous than that. And I, I think that that's what the podcast taught me. That's amazing. I love that quote. Yeah. You can only change yourself. And I mean, I, I, I think it's not part of the quote itself, but I would venture to say that if you do change yourself, you'll begin to see the things around you change too. Which is no, something. yeah, and I think Jordan Peterson would would definitely agree with you on that. And yeah. I think I would as well. And and that's another funny thing I'd like to reflect on, I guess, as we're ending this Canadian story chapter, is that uh, very early on when we began this project, uh, we made it a goal to try to get Jordan Peterson on the Canadian story. And uh, 
unfortunately, we never got a recording of that, but uh, why don't you share with the audience uh, a little bit of that, what happened to us, our, <laughs> our own little Canadian story. Yeah, uh, we that was always a goal for us. And uh, I well, I suppose, David, we have to call a spade a spade. I guess we failed. <laughs> I know, yeah, it's true. We, did, we didn't achieve our goal. We didn't achieve that particular goal, but we succeeded in, in a, a number of other ways, I would say. But I would imagine what you were referring to is, so I personally, much to my chagrin, did not get the opportunity to interview Jordan Peterson on this podcast. <laughs> true, true, true. But you, David, got the opportunity at an event in out in Alberta, in the great, great province of Alberta, to interview Jordan Peterson at a live event. And I was lucky enough to be there to watch it. And it was a moment that I got to experience a whole lot. Well, of not pride. just watch it. You were also kind of uh, heading up the sound. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, to me, that's that's an unimportant detail. What's important is that I <laughs> true, true. What's what's important is that I got to watch you accomplish our dream. So why don't you speak briefly about what that was like for you? Well, yeah, I I think uh, for those listeners who've who've kind of been along for the ride of the Canadian story with us, uh, I think both Zach and I grew a lot. I'll tell you that I grew a ton over the last, I guess we started this in what, January of 2021. Now we're yeah, in uh, February of 2024. So three years, essentially. And I think that the the man who started talking to you with people like Waleed Solomon and uh, the many others that we interviewed, I, that was one of my favorite episodes. Uh, you know, Ellis, Ellis Ross, another great episode. We had... Tons. I, I can't even, I don't want to list anymore because then I'll be picking favorites. But I, I thought a lot over those conversations. And I, I feel like those conversations prepared me for to become the man that I am now. I give a lot of speeches. I, I give a lot of public addresses, we'll call them. I'm trying to teach people how their political system works now. And, uh, and I got the distinct privilege of having 1500 people uh in the westerner and red deer uh to come listen to a speech and then interview with jordan peterson and i think the the coolest aspect of that whole event was undoubtedly just he hit the nail right on the head he he, he diagnosed the problem and he presented everyone there with actionable items for a real possible solution and I was, it was really, uh, you know, it's, <laughs> I started the very first podcast I ever did with our cousin Luke called Really True Fiction. And then you and I had this, and I, I feel like that was the culmination uh, of a lot of work. So that was pretty cool. It was pretty cool. It was, it was a, a cool thing to watch. Um, okay. I don't think we should drag this out any longer. No, I agree. I, I agree. Think, I agree. I think you should, uh, you should go ahead and let everyone know what's next. All right, so we are ending the Canadian story as a podcast. We'll obviously keep this, uh, all the recordings and all those amazing interviews for posterity's sake. Maybe our children will one day want to listen to them. But what we're going to be moving forward on, because Zach and I still believe in the mission of the Canadian story, we just think that it's more defined now. The reason we started the Canadian story was we wanted to fight for the soul of a nation. I think at the beginning of the founding, we, we just wanted to discover what the soul of that nation was. 
but through things like the trucker convoy, the establishment of Take Back Alberta, the rise of Danielle Smith, the rise of Pierre Polyev, I think Canada is beginning to understand what it is. But what Canada lacks is voices to tell that story, to say what it is. And what it is is my Muslim immigrant friend, Mac, who came to this country looking for a better life and has started a small business and employs multiple other people. And he saw the state trying to take his children away from him. And he's standing up and fighting. It's our cousin who actually fled the country because he didn't want to live in a country that wouldn't respect his God-given rights. But he was in Ottawa in February of 2022 during the trucker convoy. I think Canada, at least the Canada that you and I believe in and love, the idea is perfectly encapsulated in what's happened over the last two years since 2022. And I think in honor of that, and also in honor of the work that myself and thousands of other Albertans have done to establish a brand known as Take Back Alberta, which is talked about in the media <laughs> rather constantly and <laughs> a topic of constant derision on Twitter, uh, we've decided to launch a new podcast, and that new podcast is called The Take Back. And it will be a podcast for the purpose of carrying the message that I believe that Zach and I developed in the Canadian story was executed in Take Back Alberta, but it's quite simple, which is you must take personal responsibility for not only your life, but for your society. And if you do take personal responsibility and you begin to show up and you begin to love the place that you're from, you can transform it. And the evidence isn't just in the 191 episodes of the Canadian story that we did, but it's also in the political impact that the Take Back Alberta has had. And so we're going to have a new podcast. I think it's going to be more defined because I think we were kind of finding ourselves with the Canadian story. But I think we know who we are now and we know what we want to say. And we're going to interview interesting people and we're going to talk about events and we're going to keep going. We're going to keep spreading the message of personal responsibility and the decentralization of power. So that's my thoughts. I'd love your thoughts on this new project we're launching on. Yeah, so the take back. How do you and what are you taking back? And um, I think what you said earlier plays into this precisely. You know, what can you change? Well, you can change yourself. And if you change yourself, you can change your family. And if you change your family, you can change your community. And if you change your community, you can change your nation. And if you change the nation, you can change the world. And you have to do that by changing yourself. And so it's, to me, it's, it's multifaceted. It's, it is about the country in, in one regard, but I think the battle for a nation is waged on the heart of the individual. And I think that's yes, what we're trying. Yes. I think that's what we're trying to take back. It's not just about the nation. It's about the hearts of the individual. And so I'm excited about the ability to dive into all of the aspects of what that may mean, whether that is um, your emotional fortitude, your, um, your physical strength, your, um, the, the ideas around masculinity and femininity, um, all of those things, how to live 
a life that you can turn around at the end and look back on and say, I did what I could. Um, because that's how I want to live. And so in the same vein that, that I feel like I got a lot of benefit out of the Canadian story, learning from people who are much smarter than I am, talk about what they know. Um, I'm excited to dive into this project kind of from the, the angle of, man, I want to live my life to the utmost potential that I possibly can. So let's have conversations about how to do that. And I hope as a community, we can learn from those things and, and take back our hearts. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's a quote that we read, I think, in the very first episode of The Canadian Story uh, by G.K. Chesterton that has always meant a lot to me. And, and the line, of course, is love Pimlico. And it's the idea that if you truly love the place, like Rome, for example, uh, Chesterton's, let's call it uh, thesis or hypothesis, is that Rome wasn't great. People didn't love Rome because Rome was great. They made Rome great with their love. And uh, I think even in your own life, in the life of everyone here, and I'll even I'll, I'll close it with this thought on what's going on in the culture wars right now, is some people are being taught that they should hate the body that they were born in. In fact, they should hate it so much that they should change it. And that not only should, is that a good thing, but denying that to people is evil. And I guess I think what we're trying to take back isn't just our hearts. It's reality itself. It's, a, it's, it's saying that things that are real are real. And things that aren't real, we're not going to call them real. It's being honest. It's telling the truth, which is something that Jordan Peterson talked a lot about in May when he was in Red Deer with us, but also that he talked about on stage with Tucker Carlson just recently here in January. And Tucker Carlson talked about that a lot as well. Is Ultimately, we need to take back reality because we have to start telling the truth because we're surrounded by lies. So what do you hope to take out of this project, David? I just hope to get the message out uh, to a broad audience. And that's why I'm excited that I think our first guest is going to be James Lindsay, who has become a good friend of mine. He actually came and did two speeches in Alberta for Take Back Alberta, one in Edmonton and one in Calgary. There were a thousand people roughly at both events. And uh, he's going to come on and we're going to talk about, the first thing I think we're going to talk about is not what are the ideas that you need to understand, but what are the actions that you need to take in order to secure A, your own sovereignty over yourself, but B, make sure that a totalitarian state doesn't take away your freedom altogether and make you a slave. Because many, 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 many humans throughout the course of history have lived as slaves. And I don't know about you, but I'm not interested in, in either myself living as a slave or my descendants living as a slave. Well, I guess we got to go get it then, don't we? <laughs> I guess we do. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess um, I want to say for, for anyone listening, thank you um, for listening, for listening to the Canadian story, for going on that journey with us, for learning with us, for um, 
being around as we waded through the murk of what it means to try to define the world around you. Um, that was really, really fun. And for the people who went on that journey with us, I just want to uh, express my utmost appreci- appreciation um, and and just say thank you. And uh, I hope that this next project with the Take Back is um, equally or more exciting. Um, I'm really looking forward to it and I can't wait to get going. Well, Zach, I think I'll just close off by saying that uh, you really carried the Canadian story on your shoulders and I think you built a foundation that a lot of Albertans can be very grateful for because they wouldn't have had to hear so many speeches from me if you and I hadn't done that project first. So I'm, I'm just grateful for everything that you've done for Canada and for your country, uh, but more, more than anything for the people in it, for your people, for your people. You, you played a big role, I think, in, in helping yeah. us fight back. For our people. <laughs> exactly, exactly, exactly. <laughs> Okay, well, this is it. This is it for the Canadian story. Thank you all. And um, the new one's called The Take Back. And uh, we'll see you there. We'll see you over there.